in kombucha, not beer, but I wouldn't, I'd be partial to a beer. I mean, it is 12 o'clock. It's 12 so o'clock and it's like 27 degrees today. It's rosé weather. It is. Oh, I know. Cold rosé in the sun. So, there's nothing better. No. Nothing better. I'm a drinker. I love it. Yeah. I know. I know. I just try and like, it's balance is key in life. Oh, always. I like to say. Yeah. Have, so, you, have your margies and then have a little salad at dinner, a little bit of pizza next beautiful day. Go to the gym. And then like a kiwi fruit to settle your like gut microbiome or some shit. Oh, we love that. <laughs> do, you, do you eat the skin I of a kiwi fruit? <laughs> I am now having a kiwi fruit every single day. Why? What because did you read? It's, I've read like it's the enzymes in it are just phenomenal for like the pH of your gut or Heaven. some shit. And I might I, like I have it in the morning every day, and I just I don't I'm not as bloated as I used to be. You go to the toilet as well. I do. If you eat yes, the um, yes. I eat the skin of the kiwi fruit. Yes, it's the it's so high fiber. It's so high fiber. I used to think it was the foulest goddess. thing ever, but it's not. It's, it's actually not too bad. It's yeah, good for you. It is. Get used to eating the skin. So there's the hot tip for you guys to take home: eat kiwi your kiwi fruit skin in the morning. So rose you shit. at night. <laughs> so you shit and then you can have a rosé and a Negroni. Oh, I can't wait for some. I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm already excited. <laughs> I've got the tingles. We're like, Trrr. okay, so I'm really excited to have you on. I've been on your podcast like twice already. Twice. Yeah, and that was, what were we, it was a challenge because, okay, so your podcast is called Better For It. Yes. And it's all about doing, cha- Can you? I'll get you to explain it, so go ahead. So I've got uh, two podcasts. One, the original podcast is called Better For It which is how to think, move and feel better. Um, so I do two-week challenges, which are health, wellness and self-development. So with you, we quit social media. I've done Vedic meditation. I've done intuitive eating, quitting coffee, quitting alcohol. Basically any kind of trend I've tried and I measure my physical, physical social and mental health yeah. and report back if I was better for it. So like I critically analyse each which trend I that think I do. is good because you can, and there's been many times where you've literally said I was I'm not, not better for it. Better for it. Numerous ones I've said I'm not better for it. And I'm also very savage. Like I will say this, like for instance, there was a challenge called eating big to small, which is about eating your first meal, your first biggest meal in the morning. Yep. And, and then the lightest at night. Down. Yeah. Whereas I do the opposite for me. Like I fast in the morning. So do I. But I don't kind of mean to. I'm just not hungry in the morning. I'm the so same. I don't eat. I and it am slows an me unintentional down. faster. Same. So if you host a breakfast, I'm there. Scoffing. Scoffing. Yeah. I eat everything, a bit of everything. Girls got to yeah. eat. Girls got to eat. But so I'm the same and I've always kind of eaten that way. So I said I wasn't better for it. I felt sluggish. I felt tired. But everyone's different. So Agreed. I always say, if I was better for it, you know, for these reasons. But then I'll also say it's so contextual, you know, and it's also yeah. so – it depends on – it just depends on the person. It depends on their energy needs. It depends on their age, their gender, how much exercise they're doing, their stress levels. Like yeah. every single person is different. Everyone's so. different and it's hard when you do ex- do something like that. It is a, It's your personal story. It's very anecdotal. It's like yeah. it didn't work for me yeah. but I've seen it work for so many other people. Like giving up coffee. Some people Shocking. have done it and they love life and I'm like, what? Can't – like think, how? Actually, I know. I actually think people that quit coffee are a little bit psychotic. Yeah, like, I hated it. Like, oh. so which leads me to the other podcast I have is called Live Better, and mm-hmm. that is a pivot of Better for it. Obviously, because COVID hit and I couldn't do the challenges, so we live better. It's daily mini episodes on similar topics. So I'll talk about, for instance, with quitting coffee. I won't tell people to quit coffee because. I wasn't better for it and I really struggled that challenge. Yeah. Like I hated my life. Yeah. So <laughs> within Live Better, I've got episodes on like how to cut back coffee, how to integrate it into your life in a better way, um, you know, how to drop that 3 p.m. coffee or whatever. Yes. So it's, it, it's more of a softer approach to how to help people rather than Definitely. obviously better for it is very extreme. Definitely. But also fun fact about coffee, 
Like it's actually, unless you either A, are already an anxious person where it can trigger anxiety in some people. If you don't have anxiety, it's not going to trigger it. You'll be fine. Exactly. You already have low levels or underlying anxiety. It's going to trigger it. And if you're sensitive to caffeine and you have it after 3 p.m., it's going to fuck your sleep. Yeah. Like I could have one literally an hour before bed and I'm like sleep like a baby. It's just so one my coffee, DNA. One shot of coffee stays in your system for four hours. Right. So I have like four a day. So yeah. even if I have them all in the morning – it's still accumulated to the at the night. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, it like depends it. on how much I'm having. Like yeah. I was I was having like five a day. I think I'm back to like four or five a day. Oh, I but I went to zero. I love I it. Yeah. Them. I have like three before I get home. And then you go the home day. and you go to the, the toilet. Unreal. Yeah, it's just the best. Clears the system it. out, clears the pipes. And <laughs> linked to it's a preventative measure for Parkinson's disease. So really? good times. Yes. And a lot of degeneration. There's something about coffee. And they've done all these studies and they're like, no, it's not just a correlation. We can fully say that there's something about it that's that's a protective measure. Wow. Yes. So I don't need any more encouragement. Let's just get it. <laughs> let's get an espresso martini let's up on her. <laughs> the only way. Mix the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so I love this. So you do all these challenges. I think a lot of people, a lot of the listeners are going to love this because so much of the questions that I get, some of the questions that I got for you, but also in general is all about how the fuck do you stick to something? Like how yeah. do you, it's, it's all well and good to say I'm going to do something. And I actually spoke about this two weeks ago. You, everyone announces, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. But then to actually sit the fuck down and do it, how do you do it? Like do you – what – I mean, for me, I always say it's the most mundane things and that's how you actually get shit done. But like what would your perspective be to actually say, if I'm going to do two weeks without social media or two weeks without coffee, how? To be honest, the easiest thing for me is because there's an audience of people that are waiting for me to bring the episode out. And for me, it's kind of yeah. like I don't want to let them down. I don't want to let myself down. And I also think for me, one of my – biggest values is integrity mm. and so for me to have integrity integrity with everything I do I also have to have personal integrity well personal integrity has to be the number one number one so for me personal integrity is keeping the promises that I set for myself and also showing up as close to hopefully a, a best version of myself or trying to or an ideal version of myself which yeah. changes every day but I wouldn't take on a challenge that I didn't think that I could actually really do so I try and you know, look at it based on what's going on in my life. There was some pretty hectic challenges that we've recorded that I want to do, but it has to fit in with my schedule. Yes. So I think what's really important is to set expectations for yourself that you can actually achieve and also start easy. So for instance, people in lockdown right now, like I've been doing it with my roommate, my girlfriend, like we've got a little timetable where we tick off the habits every day that we are wanting to stick to. So you've got an accountability partner. Yeah. I've got Lizzie and Georgia who are my accountability partners. But you're doing it together You're doing as it well. together. I think that helps a lot. Um, obviously, and I always say to people, don't rely on someone to pull you up, no. but it is definitely yeah. helpful to do it with people. Like when you run, it's so Absolutely. much easier to run with another person than alone. So I think the two things are having your own personal integrity and knowing it. that you keep promises to yourself. And if you really are someone that struggles with keeping promises to yourself, start writing in your journal, like start writing in your journal all the things that you're either working towards or the person you want to become. So for me, I often write in my journal, like I keep the promises I set for myself. I have personal integrity. I wake up, you know, every day before seven yes. or I meditate every day. Because if you say these things enough to yourself, you actually start living it. Yeah. So personal integrity, you know, writing in your journal, visualizing yourself doing that task before you do it. So if you're seeing it in your head constantly, mm. you actually 
start to do it. You're yeah. visualizing it, you're manifesting it. And then obviously having accountability. So for me, it's the audience because they're waiting for me to hopefully achieve the challenge or, 100%. or fail it. I don't know. It's your it's your image, it's your job, it's your persona. Like the, your audience is, you know, your community, really. Yeah. It's so I think that that would definitely be a driving force for you. But I think most people struggle with that keeping a promise with themselves. That's the biggest one. A lot of people want to and they just can't. And I think it probably comes down to the fact they've just never done it before. Yes. They've set out to do things and they've just never done it. Of so course. I agree with you massively on like start fucking simple. Really but, simple. But stick to your guns. Like yep. I have to be awake by 7 a.m. or earlier. Yeah. And then if you want, make it earlier and earlier or yeah. choose a different – but just and be consistent. Absolutely. And then you can look back and say, okay, it might seem like nothing, but I fucking did two weeks waking up before yeah. 7 a.m. every fucking day. I also think as well, like – so these – I'm really into the small incremental steps. Same oh, with you, all the basic 100%. habits. And these small habits really accumulate. And for me, any kind of action creates momentum. So if I get up in the morning and I go, oh, I don't feel like training, but you know what? I can actually go for a walk around the block. Yes. I start going for a walk and I'm like, you know what? I feel really good. So if you start off by someone wants to learn to meditate, can you close your eyes and listen to your breath for one minute? Someone exactly. would say yes. So start off with one minute for the week. Can you do that? Yes. Next week. Can you do two minutes? And I know it sounds so basic, but most of the time people – so afraid to even start because they've set the expectation too mm. high and then they procrastinate because they think they can't do it or it's it's too much of a mouth. It's too much of a totally. jump. But that's kind of like Tony Robbins says this really good thing and he says you overestimate what you can do in a year but you underestimate what you can do, do in a day. In, no, in 10 years. Oh, in 10 so years, So you sorry. think like you, you look at 10 years' time, you're like, oh, it's too far away, fuck that, fuck that, fuck thinking about it. But then you think of what you can do in a shorter time frame and you put so much pressure on yourself yeah. when you've never done it even before or a day. Like you might yeah. think I should do all this shit today instead of thinking what can I do in a week. You know? There's a few things that I do that really help me on. So I do color coding, which is from um, uh, Chad Cohen. I did a productivity challenge with him and he, he will get you to think about what your yearly intention is. Then he'll get you to think about um, what your sort of monthly goals are or your yearly goals. And then you would chunk it up into weekly and daily tasks, right? And if I come back to almost all of my goals come down to the daily habits that keep me feeling grounded. Yes. So same, same as you, meditation, journaling, movement, some form of gratitude. Yep. Um, those four and then also planning my day and being organised because yep. I'm a bit of a so sc- scatterbrain. So we both do the same thing. We do the same But things. I want to know about this colour coding thing. I want to know oh, more. Oh, colour coding is heaven. It. It's actual I heaven. I feel like I do it but minus the colour coding and I think that would really – Colour coding will change your life. Okay, this tell me. actually makes me horny. <laughs> no, <laughs> no the, the, honestly, are the you listeners are going to be – No, I'm a Taurus. Oh, oh Taur- the Taurians are, are amazing. Be- lapping this up because everyone loves shit about like goal setting and productivity. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a me goals journal. You can use kind of, well, journal, um, diary. You can use anything. I've got two two diaries. One is a day, a day one where I break down like hourly what I need to do. This is when I'm busy at this stage. I'm not busy at all. I mean, we're all in lockdown. I've not been super busy, but when life goes back to normal, my days are pretty hectic. So I like to see, I like to visually see what I've got coming up and what I need checked off. Um, so the color coding is you get five highlighters and every color has a, um, different theme. So for me, pink is socializing, green is podcast, yellow is miscellaneous work, um, orange is self-care and then, uh, blue is fitness. I think I got one more purple. 
social media, purple social media. So what I like to do is I write down on a Sunday like what I need to get done in my smaller we diary. We are the same human being. And then my I have Sunday a daily one. Yeah, yes. Sundays is my planning. Yes. But I have, oh, look, I've been really slack in lockdown because I don't have a lot to plan. Mm. But I usually have, and I'm out every night normally. Oh. Out of lockdown, I'm so social. So I'm really trying to squeeze in a lot. The best thing about colour coding is you look, so you've got a daily one and mm-hmm. then you've got a weekly one. And the best thing is you look at the end of the week week and then you rinse and review so you look at okay where am I lacking in the color so I look at that and I go why did I feel crap this week oh yeah I didn't meditate I drank three nights this week I went to bed late and you can actually see based like visually based off the colors it should be a rainbow for me it should be a rainbow so it shouldn't be all yellow and all work so the way you do it is you write everything down and only once completed do you highlight it in that color is that how it works no so Mm -hmm. I write things down my non-negotiables so I'll write out my non-negotiables that I need to fill up my cup and to make sure that I'm feeling grounded and productive. Yeah. And for me, that's always in the morning. And I usually don't look at my phone. I'm in pretty bad habits at the moment being Ugh. in lockdown. Yeah, but usually everyone's. I don't look at my phone. Usually I spend a good two hours just on my own normally. Yeah. Just to get super ready for the day. But that's because – you know, I'm normally in front of the camera a lot. I'm Sometimes I'm presenting to crowds and I have to be really on mentally. So that's why I need that. Yeah. And that might include exercise as well in the mornings. So you put it out in your um, calendar. I also do it on my laptop as well. But oh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I like I normally, paper. I prefer yeah, writing shit down physically. Same. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got both. I've got it like, because obviously you get emails come through for, for yeah. meetings and Zooms and stuff. Yeah. Mine's um, a bit of a fucking shit show. It's, it's like paper yeah. diary and the calendar. Yeah. Because, yeah, everything. You in need the email. it though. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You do. you do. But what's good about that is it, it does give you a visual like overview of what you're lacking. And then also you can look at the week and go, oh my God, I had such a balanced week. And for me, if it's balanced, I'm feeling good. But if it's all yellow, I feel crappy. Mm. If it's, you know, if, and that's that's what's cool about sort of analyzing it. And then if you want to go even deeper, you can like rate your week and like how do yes. you feel? How's your energy? How did you sleep? Like, and I'm always looking at all those one percenters. Always. That's so great. Mm. As are you. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And you're always doing these little tweaks of like, okay, how much time should I be dedicating to that? Have I burnt out? Is yeah. my focus like dwindling already? Should I change it up? Like, I'm constantly trying to find that sweet spot. Absolutely. And I just cannot wait. For once, like lockdown lists, because again, like I'm like you, I'm f- fucking social. But when I've got something like a dinner to look forward to or a lunch, I pack in so much more in a good way. Yeah. Like I don't feel burnt out because there's the reward. It's like work, reward, work, reward. And yeah. so if I've got a so- – and social and socialising is very rewarding for me. Same. So, and I fucking thrive. I could go out for dinner six nights a week and be thrilled. I with my used life. to. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like I, literally. I honestly looked at – I looked at my – um my diary the other day from last year I just keep diaries just to see like I I know it's really bad actually but I was looking at it looking at it the other day and I was like I cannot believe how much I used to do in a day like I don't know how I didn't have a mental breakdown (laughs) and I also look at I'm like was I productive probably not Mm. and I also live used to live um I won't say where I used to live but I used to live like on the northern beaches yes and I would drive into the city every day so I would lose three and a half hours in the car but I was listening to podcasts and audiobooks but I was just my poor brain yeah it's just flooded with so much stimulation 100% whereas now in lockdown I'm like yeah so different it's so different and I feel like 
Yeah, I feel like I was even going down like a deep dark rabbit hole of my like Instagram stories of a year ago with Liv and we're like, why we're living the best life and it was just like <laughs> morning and like into the amount of shit we yeah. would pack into a day. But I don't recall feeling fucked by the end of the week. I think no. I was just like having so much fun at the same time that you just, you do create like a good balance. So I think I also it think is. you're just used to it. Like, yeah. Our minds and our bodies are used to having that level of stimulation. Yeah. Whereas, so I was actually having this conversation yesterday with my producer about us going back to the real world and having to reintegrate. Mm. People are going to freak out. Like we've all become introverts and like are scared of people. I know. Like I'm an, I'm an extrovert, but now I feel like, oh yeah, no, I don't really feel like being in crowds or like. Imagine people that hate crowds as it is. Oh God. And then reintegrate. They'll never come out. Oh my God. They'll come out with their beards and like. Severe And overgrown eyebrows and. (laughs) Regrowth and shit nails. Literally. <laughs> oh, don't talk to me about nails. Minor I chat. love my I've like, got a broken finger right now. Yeah, I saw that. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. What's going on there? Look, it's not a good look. It's trash, actually. It's terrible. I know. Terrible bandage terrible job tape that job. you've done. I know. Well, they told me to keep taping it. Oh. Yeah, it's I a obviously crush thought fracture. you did all right. Look, I don't know. what My roommate tapes it up every day, actually. Bless her. I can't. It's so bad. What did you do? I dropped a speaker on it, but it wasn't even what? a big speaker. It was just a UE boom. What? I know, but it fell from like it fell from like a table like this and I yeah. I just bumped it. I was sober and it landed on my um landed on my poor little pinky and just crushed it. Oh my god. I oh know I ran into the kitchen and George was like, Are you okay? And I was like, White. And I've got a good pain threshold, like I'm pretty good. I've never broken a bone before, so I guess. Oh um, and God. I just I was like, I'm going to throw up. She was like, what did you do? I was like, I just dropped this speaker on my finger and I like, it really hurts. And You've then all night and like it just instantly bruised. There. Yeah. But oh. it's actually, it's been a week and it's already healing really well. That's good. Mm. That's good. It's probably hopefully just like a little hair. Yeah, we might have to amputate the arm actually. Yeah, it's pretty tough. It. <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weakest link. It's weighing you down. Yeah, it's the left hand anyway. We don't even need it. <laughs> Um, okay, can, before we go, there's a few questions that I want to ask you. But before we go into it, just can we go into you were an athlete? Yes. So I think that explains a lot about how you have that mental stamina with a lot of things. I think that either when you're younger, training for something does teach you kind of consistency and like routine and habits. So let's talk about that. I think it's obviously, you know, it's obviously easy for me to sit back and be like, keep promises to yourself and have discipline and all that kind of stuff. And for me, I've been coached my whole life. So mm. I started my sport at age four and I retired at 23. So yeah, I right. did like 19 years in my That's sport. Crazy. Yeah. So, and I also trained like 360 days of for 10 years straight. Yeah. Like I didn't take rest breaks. I didn't rest. And that's what happened. I, and that's why I ended up retiring because I, I burnt out and went up in hospital. So like, really? but I had, I had numerous things. Like I, I, and this is probably why I now am a lot more kinder to myself and a lot more holistic because I spent literally all of my like teenage years, like 8% body fat training like a dog, like so disciplined, so disciplined so that like rain, hail or shine, injured, sick, I was at the track. And I spent four – like I was at the track three times a week, four times a week. Then I would do gym training. I had two coaches in and out of the physio. Yeah. Like my whole life was my sport but I also was a rebellious kid. Mm -hmm. So I also really – really hit it hard and like would party and like and, and <laughs> binge and binge body. drank. Yeah. yeah. So I would like party on the weekends, then go back to training on a Monday, like throw up on the track. Like, oh God. yeah. So, it, and, and I'm glad I went through that because 
I was so disciplined and I was, you know, I, I was a great athlete, but I could have done, like I look back at how I performed and how I went and I wish that I knew the tools that I have now. Like mm. I wish I learned to meditate when I was um, competing. I wish I knew a bit more about nutrition. Like I would just do everything so extreme. Like I wish I took more rest days. I wish I was working with a naturopath. Like yes. there's just so much that I didn't do. And just like creating a bit more balance in your life. Like, I wasn't balanced. No. But I was also – thriving physically Mm. like I I did get sick a lot when I say thriving physically like I was getting the results so like even though I was like really screwing my immune system and then you know my period was up and down like so but physically I was the fittest and the strongest I'd ever been but Mm -hmm. my immune system was so weak but I guess especially at that younger age you look at results oh yeah they're there you're like I'm obviously doing it well enough at least yeah. like I'm obviously I can't I think you have that mentality of like well I can't be that bad if I'm winning it can't be that bad yeah. if I'm getting these these times you know, I know. like I had had my sister on the podcast at like about 10 months ago now but like you I've told you about it like she's an athlete and everything but she went from being that style of athlete where there was absolutely no balance in her life like she said that she would like cycle from like Brisbane to the Sunshine Coast row a regatta cycle back just on a carrot like (laughs) shit and she was like it's funny how you just don't call it an eating disorder because it's for a reason you know and she was like but it was really messed up it was just no balance in her life whatsoever and now she's you know in Germany training bobsled for the Winter Olympics and she's got such a holistic approach to her training. She has such a good time. She can eat what she wants because she's in the right sport for her body type. She gets to train different modalities of training and she's so happy and has so much balance in her life and she's still training at this elite level in her 30s. But if she maintained the lifestyle that she had when she was in her early 20s, there's no way it would have been possible. It just takes years to learn and I think like – so for me I hit my peak at 19 and was world champion and if I look – like I was even – if I look back at like I've got old training journals because I've always kept my training sessions and if I look back at my old journals of like what I was training and how I was eating and I was at 19 I was actually physically really fit and and was training really well and then I got like too obsessed Mm. so I know like at that peak I actually was really healthy and really fit and thriving but then as the years continued, I was so desperate to be that was junior world champion to maintain that to maintain the title and also I wanted to be open world champion, which is in an older age group. So then from, so when you're 19, you move into open. So there mm-hmm. is no under 21. So you jump into open. So you're racing against people who are 30. Right. So then I started getting like thirds and fourths and seconds. And I was like, okay, sweet. A few, like there was a few years where um, I think it was four, four years and I built up to then I, then I won, um, uh, I won nationals, mm-hmm. which was great. Cause I was like, okay, cool. I won um, nationals. It's like Australia is when we go worldwide, like we are, the best like when we verse other countries so I knew that if I was the best in Australia then the best in the world is only people in in like the best athletes are the Australian sprinters the Americans are good the Japanese are good but like the Aussies are pretty much where it's at okay so because I kind of I reached that point I was like okay shit now I've really like now I'm here I really want to retire as world champion like as Mm. open world champion I want to retire here so the amount of pressure I put on myself like I made myself so sick like of course but because but but when I was younger it was all like fun and exciting and oh my god like I got world champion then the pressure hit me so much that I was just doing every single thing more training like you know leaner more training like not like get up earlier like that I was really neglecting my body but it 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 does because you then you reach the top, then you have to hold the top. And mm. then 
yeah, I just I got totally burnt out. I miss I missed my you? the biggest race. I I couldn't go to Holland. I and that to, was I, it. And I retired. And yeah. then you retired. So at retired. that at that peak 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 peak, yeah. you then retired. No, I got bronchiolitis and I was unable to fly. So I had, and then um, you never went back into that level of like competition. I retired. That was yeah. it. My body was done. I was also done. Like yeah. I, so I spent two years training for Holland, and then I went. Um, I had this awful chest infection and I had sinus infections and chest infections all that year mm. and I was super run down. I was training well, like my times were really good. Everything was go- everything was tracking in the right direction yeah. and I was also Australian champion. And I, like I said, I knew that the girls that I was competing with, I was like, okay, I've got them. We're cool, right? So well, I thought that. Yeah. So I then ended up um, – I ended up really sick on the track and I was like, okay, I have to go home and rest. And then – I ended up going to hospital because I was like, something's up. And they're like, we thought, they thought I might have pneumonia. And they're like, no, you've got bronchiolitis. And they said, you can't fly. And I was like, no, oh. I'm going to Holland. Like, I'm going to Holland in like a week. Like, oh I've been God. training for two years for this. And they're like, no, there's no point you going. Like, you can't fly. Like, it's, it's too risky. And I was like, what? I've trained two years for this. So that I literally sat so at wild. home on a nebulizer, which is a machine that like helps you fucking breathe oh. and watched uh, like on my phone, like the race. That's so fun. I know. Okay, and so then I retired. I was like, I'm was done. It. You're like, fuck that. Mm. So I how- wasn't going to wait another two years. I no. wasn't going to, because that was going to be my retiring race. <laughs> you Whether already I got knew first that in or your second head. or third, like with whatever result I got, that was my retiring yeah. race. And I just wanted it to be that one because- like world titles only comes around every two years for us. It's not every year. Um, and our sport being surf life saving is not in the Olympics because it's beach sprinting. Right. Um, so that was going to be my retiring race. And then I was like, I can't do another two years of this. Like I was so burnt out. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So what, what, how did you go? Cause I know a lot of athletes when they retire, especially if they're at really elite level and especially if they're quite successful, when they retire, they have a bit of like an identity crisis almost. Yep. Did you have that? I definitely had somewhat of an identity switch, but it wasn't a crisis. So not long after that, um, I had a car crash. Um, fucking the world's just fucking you. <laughs> yeah. But it was the universe shaking me because mm. I wouldn't listen. Yeah. And I only listen – I'm learning now to listen to the subtle signs mm-hmm. um, and I've become a lot more intuitive and I've slowed down a lot more and I, I really do listen to my mind and my body and, and my soul a lot more than I used to. And thank God I had, thank God, like, I couldn't do that race. Yeah. Thank God I had that car crash. Like, I'm not religious, so I shouldn't say God, but thank the universe. <laughs> thank the universe that these things happened for me because, one, I needed humbling. Two, I needed to slow the fuck down. And three, it wouldn't I wouldn't be here now with mm. my career, my businesses, and the things that I'm trying to build because this story and the adversity and the struggles I had have led me to the podcast, led me to – the workshops I started doing with my old business partner with women um, and has led me to, yeah, exactly who I am now. Yeah. So I'm so grateful. And there's going to be more things like, fuck, you know, I hope I don't get hit by a bus, but there's going to be things that happen to me that happen to me to teach me a lesson. Yeah. And yeah. I don't learn unless something actually, it's like someone throws a brick at me and then I'm like, okay, I'll do it now. So I yeah. really needed those lessons. And this is why the podcast was born better for it. And this is, you know, like it's, why I am the way I am now. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like when I see people go through things like a heartbreak or things like, you know, they failed at something, I'm like, as much as I don't want that person suffering, I would never wish it away from them because I'm like, you need this. You need this for people your People need to suffer. Like I don't want them to spiral, but no. I, at the same time, it's like these are the experiences that build you. I, yeah. You know, the people that have never gone through, and there's all kinds of adversity. There's like financial adversity, emotional adversity, career, like there's all sorts of shit that you can go through, but it all hit, it all will teach you something. Absolutely. And I feel like someone who's, it's always been peachy, it's always been fine. Okay, not everyone, some, you know, but like they, they might not understand, you know, the value of resilience. They don't understand that they are able to bounce back, that they can have their own back, that they, there's so much that you learn in personal strength and personal growth that you would have never learned had Absolutely. you not. And I, I think people can be even more fearful from that position. If you've never lost anything, you're almost like, I feel like I've got so much to lose. Once you start losing and failing, you're like, it's fucking fine. I know. It's actually it's amazing a part of the life's journey. it diverts me, diverts me to places you never thought possible. Exactly. And then you end up like where we are here and like who knows what we'll be in five or ten years. But it's like, wow, I would have never thought about this yep. five years ago. You know? I think as well like – when you're in the middle of like the hurricane and you're you're in the middle of this hectic period, I've, I've spoken to a lot of friends about it and a lot of friends will call me and they're like, oh my God, this is so bad. I feel like so much shit is going wrong. Mm. And I was like, you're just in the hurricane right yep. now. You will get out of this. And you have to remind yourself when you are going through such a hard time. Like for me, my whole life's work was on this race. Yes, and then there's a reason why it was stripped away from me. There was a reason why my health was stripped away from me. There was a reason why my dream was stripped away from me, right? Mm. And I sat with that and I was like, what, what is the lesson in this and why did I have to lose everything, it felt like everything, mm. for me to listen? So I think like not that it has to be that extreme, but when people are going through a tough time or a time that really rattles them, they have to know that this actually is probably maybe not it's maybe it's not for the better but they will get out of it and yeah. they will be stronger more resilient and you have to go through dark times one to actually get to know who you are two to see you know what i can actually survive this mm. and three to change their perspective of how they see themselves and how they see the world yeah and understand where you're putting your happiness i think a lot of people yes. think that that's how i'll be happy that's how i'll be happy and it's not until it's pulled away that you're like that was never how i was going to be happy yep. i can do this, like Jim Carrey said this thing once and he says, I just wish that everyone could realise all their dreams right now to realise that that's not where their happiness is going to come from. He you also know, talks about can, fame. He's like, I yes. wish everyone could be famous so you can understand it's not that good. It's Yeah, it's not. Yeah. that's not where your happiness – your happiness can be right here, right now. Yeah. In, yes, in okay. the creating, like, in the yeah, process, in the fun. Totally. Not if your podcast gets top charts no. or if you become world champion exactly. or if you sell your business for a million. And, no, and, and the, the reason journey. why hitting the charts – is like the cherry on the top is only because the journey has been so good. You know, yeah. if I just happened to be really famous because I went viral on something and then I hit at number one, you wouldn't enjoy yeah, it. I wouldn't enjoy it as much because yeah. I'd be like, oh, sick. Well, what happened? There? Like, there was no like the earning of it, the creation of the community that, yeah. and the ultimate, the reason why it is so good is because of the everyday things that you're doing. It's exactly. not because of that final big thing at the end, you know? Okay, now I want to ask you a question. This is – I had a couple of people actually ask about your new girlfriend. Yes, she'll be listening now. She loves your podcast. Oh, hello. It I saved love her. Georgia. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, she's so such So tell a me girl. about her. Well, I mean, I've always dated guys. This was like quite a surprise to so many people. 
Um, not a surprise to me because I know that I've been – I don't – it's really hard because I, I don't enjoy labels in general. Like when I went vegan, I didn't want people to know that I was yeah. vegan. I'm now pescatarian. Like I don't like labels because it all feels very final. Mm. Even when I was training as an athlete, like people were like, oh, you're an athlete. I'm like, yeah, I'm also a student. I'm also, you know, yeah. worked at a bar. Like so I, I didn't like to be – you know, put in a box. Well, life is always in a state of flux. You're always going to like, why do I have to like label something to then try and break that label Exactly. Later on? And yeah. I'm always evolving and I'm always pivoting. So, um, but yeah, I mean, right now I'm in a relationship with a woman and she's beautiful. Love that. She um, is. Yeah, she's, she's divine. And, and, and I think the thing is for me, like I am very open-minded and I see people as – I don't know. I think, I think for me, if I had to be labelled, I'd be labelled by. Yeah. But obviously right now I'm in a gay – I'm in a – lesbian relationship so yes. people are labeling me and saying like you're this you're this you're this and I'm like okay like you like, can call me that whatever but fits your little box whatever you want to tick box. in your head yeah but like I was and you and I were talking about this when, we when I walked the other that day walk, but it's like I feel like most people it's a spectrum yeah it is like, a spectrum you know totally. where you fall somewhere along that spectrum yeah. where you might be you know and and there's so many different options within that spectrum it's yeah. not just straight and gay like no. there's so much more and there. there's also people like for me like I, for most, for majority of my life have been straight, but sort of like the last like year have sort of like not been straight, mm. you know what I mean? Or like dabbled. And now I'm like, okay. And I always said I wouldn't date a girl. Like I said that like to my friends like a while ago and I was like, oh no, no I wouldn't date a girl, wouldn't date a girl. And then I met Georgia and I was like, well, like, <laughs> I, like I can't not have you in my life. Like, yeah, exactly. So, and yeah. I, when I met her, I asked her, which obviously was very ignorant of me. I was like, are you bi? And she was like, I, I'm just Georgia and I'm like oh my god I'm just Katie so it was like really <laughs> it was really cool to like have yeah. that approach of like she's never been like like wanted to be labeled and and to be honest I I don't really want to be labeled either like I mean no. obviously I'm a part of the community and I, I've always supported um I've always supported the community I've always you know thought that love is love and whoever you, you fall in love with as long as you're happy and they treat you well and you look after them yeah, and you they look after the right you to- then any you know like Love shouldn't be gendered or it shouldn't have, you know, age gaps or whatever. So, yeah, it's been really beautiful. I love that. I love that. It's cool. Yeah. And you live nearby to each other. So, you can like around the corner from each other. That's so good. Oh, yeah. We'll all have drinks. I can't wait to meet her. I'm so excited. (laughs) She's so fun. Well, we are very similar. Like, yeah, we actually are extremely similar, which which is handy. I love that. Mm. It's like double trouble. It is a little bit. (laughs) 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 Okay. Now I quickly want to go into the Big Brother experience. Yeah. I think that's. So, like a lot of things, like obviously how was the actual experience within the house? Like what did you have access to? What didn't you have access to? Did you fucking think you were going to go insane? But then what was it like after as well? So we'll start with in the house. In the house. So in the house you can only pack a bag which is 23 kilos and you're only allowed to bring clothes. So clo- right. clo- sorry, clothes and like some toiletries. So 23 kilos is not a lot considering you're packing for a total of eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm not a minimalist at all. So <laughs> I packed my makeup, toothbrush and clothing. But you're also not allowed to bring anything that's like branded. And also you're not allowed to bring any stripes because it's strobes on the camera. So you have to kind of, <laughs> you kind of have to follow like oh, a set of rules so that they tell you annoying. what to bring. Yeah. Um, every day you are mic'd up. So you have a mic on every day. Big Brother talks to you every single day. You don't sleep very much at all, to be honest. Um <sighs> They have nighttime challenges, 24-hour challenges. We do challenges every three days. The challenges that go for 24 hours are food challenges. Mm. So you're on rations. Um, They take coffee away from you, sugar away from you, and they only give you foods that are really bland. So like white potatoes, white bread, 
really low fiber. I didn't go to the toilet for eight days. Like I was so like blocked up and just felt terrible. That's fucked. Like yeah, you're putting they your give body you rations. <laughs> oh yeah, but they God. take away everything that gives you dopamine. Yeah. So like they don't want you on sugar. They want you grumpy. They take sleep away from you because they want you sleepy Is this and for angry. The whole thing? No, so then you have to win food. Okay. So like when I say they're giving you enough calories, that's not the problem. No, no, no. They're, they're not giving, starving But you. the rations are just – so you've got no salt, no sugar, no flavour. Right. Um, and you also have to try and cook with that. So it was just so basic, like oats and like soy milk, that's it. So like oats and soy yeah. milk every day, which is very boring. That's fine for me. Like Christ, mm. like I can survive off – like take food away from me, I'll be okay. Like I'm yeah. not going to die. I've got body fat on me, I can survive. Um, but – they want you fighting over food. They want you arguing. They want drama. Yes. They t- they trying to trigger you in every way they possibly can, emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, so the reason why you then have these 24-hour challenges is because you're trying to win food for the house. Mm. And then obviously with the shopping list, you've got like 24 housemates that are now trying to divvy up this $160 shopping bill and you've got people that want lollies and ice cream and I'm like oh my god can't we get just fucking like rye bread or something I don't know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or, like so it's really hard because you all argue over yeah, that you got people that are wanting to binge you get no alcohol sugar. either you get one alcoholic drink after an eviction ceremony and the eviction ceremonies are so tense what they didn't show is like massive arguments um issues I had with Danny Hayes like huge conversations that are being cut like you really miss the intensity. It was so intense. Most intense thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. Yeah. And then when you – so you were there for five weeks? Four weeks. Just four un, weeks. just under four weeks, yeah. So I made it halfway and then it, and then um, some intruders came in. Okay. I think I was the 10th housemate or something. Right. But and then so intruders came in, yeah. What was it like when you left? Pretty bizarre, to be honest. Like I am a very um, competitive person, obviously, and I really lived in the game. Like I mm. actually had to do a lot of journaling and like time on my own when I came out because I obviously came out of the house and I went back to my parents' place for a while because um, – I moved out of my apartment because I was like preparing to be away for like a few months. Obviously then COVID hit. So the production normally goes to three months, was cut down to like nine, eight weeks. Yes. Um, and then we get, we do hotel quarantine as well. So they, when you get booted out of the house, you then um, get put in a hotel where you get your phone back. Right. So I, my first initial reaction was to call Jess who was in the house with me. Because I'm like, oh, I've got to talk to Jess. And I'm like, because she was my best friend in the house. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't call her. And then I'm like, oh, I've, I'll speak to my family. Oh, I've been away, like, this whole time. My brother just had a baby. We just launched vacay. Like, how did vacay go? Like, vacay, we launched four days before I went in the house. I got my phone back what? and I'm like trying to think, who do I call? I called my mom. I cried, like cried. I was devastated because I really didn't think I was going to get voted out. And I obviously had intentions of making it to the end. Of course. So – I was kind of like shocked for a few days and I, and, I, and I know that Big Brother put people back in the house. So there was a lot of talk like within the house, oh, Katie's coming back because it was a lot of the first month of the show was me and Danny hating and like rival, rivaling <laughs> yeah, with yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. So to bring me back in would have been like, holy shit, we're on again, but it would have been too predictable. Yeah. So I actually thought when I got voted out, are they going to put me back in? Because they do that. They put people in all these trap rooms and different rooms and stuff, but they didn't bring me back into the game. So for kind of like a day, I was kind of had a bit of hope. And then you realize, no, I'm not going back. It's It's quite, it's quite sad. Um, So I was really upset actually for a few days, like 
living mentally still in the game and still strategizing. Well, and it's like it's hard yeah. to kind of check out of it. It's literally like a fucking human experiment in there. Oh, so it's then one like when you leave, yeah. it's like your head is still 100% there. Took me about two weeks to recover. I felt like I had been at – you know, a 10-day festival like Burning Man or something because, like, I was so mentally exhausted. Mm. As you can imagine, like, you're in a game where, you know, cortisol's through the roof, like, you get overexcited. He he does things to freak you out. Like, mm. you know, they put they brought my friends in the house. They didn't show that. Um, you have all these things that are constantly overstimulating you and you're also not sleeping. So your, like, energy systems are just fried. Yeah. We probably yeah. all had adrenal fatigue after For sure. Like, we were just exhausted. Sure. So the only way I can describe it is, like, you've come home from a Europe trip and you've got to go back to work. Or, like, you, can't, <laughs> yeah, you come yeah. off the back of a huge festival where you've just, like – pumped your system full of stuff and you just like absolutely have you have an emotional come down completely for sure i spent a few weeks kind of like processing that but to be honest i i bounced back really quickly compared to a lot of the other housemates Mm. and i think that's because i really actually sat with how i played and i have no regrets like i was honest i played an honest game i played with integrity i was brutal and i was savage when i say savage like i savagely played the game yes i played hard i didn't fly under the radar yeah totally so for me to get voted out when i got voted out i was like i am walking away with my head held high knowing i didn't like i did one lie which was actually created a huge um it shifted the whole game and I blindsided someone. So I ended up getting voted out because I blindsided Danny's alliance. Yeah. So the way I played the game, I was happy with how I went. I was never going to go in and fly under the radar. I don't want the 250 grand if I had to, you know, play against my own personal morals. Yeah. And I wasn't going to do that. So like to have made it, how far I made it, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because I don't want the money if I had to, lie and cheat and be really deceptive i think a lot of the yeah and that's the thing like at the end of the day the producers have a job you know and they're like wanting an outcome like i was telling you that i had like applied for i was approached to apply for survivor and um anyway without going into detail long story short i got round to quite a few rounds but then i was noticing in the interview rounds what they were wanting me to say was not what I was willing to do. Like, And they're like, yeah, but like if need be, would you – and I said, look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to go against my morals and I'd rather – and this is, I think, where it like fried it for them because I was like, I'd rather lose with integrity than win. That's exactly mine. So you you don't want to get to the end. And I'm like – well, if it takes me being a dog on fucking national TV, totally. then no, I don't. Yeah. And th- then like after that, like it was a very flat conversation Then I never got put through past that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? And then after watching Survivor this season, I'm like, thank fuck. Well, my friend made it in. to the end. Flick. She got oh, third. Oh, heck. Yeah. And Shannon. You hectic. know Shannon, don't you? Personally. Do you know no. her? Just, no. No. She did – she – I don't know what result she got. She, um, she didn't make it that far in the game. But she played a pretty good game. And yeah. then Flick made it's it all the way to so the end. so hectic. So hard. So hectic. So I'm hard. like, this is not my jam. Let's be, let's be honest. So like, hard. not my thing. <laughs> Imagine you being on Survivor right now. Can you picture it? It's hectic. Picture I, it. Like, I'm spooning about- sweaty people Gross. that haven't showered. They all sleep together to stay warm. Yeah, like, is that what fuck it is? that shit. Yes. No, yes, they do. They do. To share body heat. But apparently the people that, like, mic them up at the end of it, I don't know if this is true or not, but have to wear, like – Face mask because you stink so much. Yeah, so, like, not a stink. fan of that. I can't no. imagine that I'd be thrilled with being no. that. I don't even ha- like having regrowth, let alone, like, being oh, can you put imagine? on an island. Ima- the, the thought that I was even considering it, it just baffles me. Just 
Shows how Maybe wrong would be I better be. for it. You know, you got to go through the hardship, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be a guest on your show. Am I better for going to Survivor? Do you reckon I can have sashimi and some rosé here? <laughs> yeah, literally, I would be having a. Me- oh no, no, I no, think no, you no, do well on Survivor. You got the mindset uh, for it. I've you got be, the mindset. I feel I've got the mental stamina, but you've you also got the physical strength and, yeah. and fitness. Do you know what I think would get to me? It's that, and I said this to the producer. I think by the end of it, I think I just didn't want it. <laughs> by the end of it, I said to them, "I'm like, you know what I noticed, Survivor is it's literally like ten percent physical, like ten percent physical um, competition, fucking yourself, and then ninety percent bitching." And yeah. they're like, oh, it's like strategy. I'm like, it's bitching. You're just it like is. throwing people under the bus. Yeah. Just like being so savage. And I'm like, I, there's only so much I could lie to someone, you know. Yeah, I can yeah. strategize. I can, you know, and if someone's not, I'm not an a ally, good liar. I can, you know. I'm really not a good liar. I could never truly lead someone to believe that. Like I could never be someone's friend the whole way through and then stab them in the back at the end. But that's Fuck what they that. need. Yeah, they do. I know. I was the same with Big Brother. I was like, no, I can't do that. Like it, I, it lead me up. I won't sleep at night. And, and that's sh- why I wasn't sleeping because I was yes. like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd have like a, uh, like a, what do you call it? Like a, a crisis of. Oh, what's the word? Like an integrity crisis, I feel like I have. Like I would just be like, this is so wrong. And when you look at the start of the show, when they do the shorts, where they're promoting everyone, everyone's like, I will do whatever it takes. Can you imagine me in a promo for Survivor? (laughs) I'd be like, I'm going to treat everyone with respect. I'm going to look at their their childhood trauma. We're going to do some cognitive therapy training. (laughs) It's all about the mindset. Can you imagine? We're going to do some group self-love, some affirmations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking disaster. I'll get everyone meditating in the morning. (laughs) Drink half a litre of water. Don't, you know, don't Now, David, you you triggered Sarah. Let's talk about how you feel. Who's accountable here? Who's not? (laughs) Can we get the psychologist in now? We have access to psychologists. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. Oh, you don't really get to talk to them. But yeah, so what's the point? they check in on you after though. After the oh, show, okay. Yeah, I was quite yeah. impressed with the with the, the back end of it. They kind of had to. I mean, they put us in there with a psycho. A hundred percent. I think it is like if you're going to create a show like that, you need a decent amount of budget for fucking mental health. Yeah, you know. Oh, it cooks you after that. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't ever quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> She's tapped. <Yeah. laughs> Just slightly more cooked than you've always. Yeah. Been. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what's, what's next for you to wrap up? What's the future for you? Um, so I'm actually working on something that, um, I'm not allowed to talk about yet, which is, yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll give a little bit of, of, I'll give a little bit. So I'm, I'm working on some programs, um, but it's, it's quiet. It will hopefully be my next 10 years of what I'm doing. That's so exciting. My own thing, but to, to, to summarize it, it's, yeah, it is. It's programs, but it's workshops, retreats, retreats. Like yeah. it's yeah. Um, but I'm actually doing twelve months of planning. Not twelve months of planning, but we're launching in twenty twenty two. Amazing! I'm yeah. so excited. But I'm, and I'm got hoping to be big. Vacate yeah. Seltzer as well. Yeah. yeah. So part owning Vacay as well, and then obviously better for the podcast. Um, so and, you've got and a lot of roles. a lot of things going on. Yeah, but this this thing that I'm working on now, hopefully, will be my next ten years. That's so exciting. Which is exciting. Which I, I will talk about soon. See. But um, yeah, please. Yeah, well, I'll have you on again when you can steal announce my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always working on things. Like everything's like so yeah, good. it's like you. I look at my day and I'm like, that's why I've always really struggled with people that go, "What do you do for work?" And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I'm every like, I can't, like I can't. content creator. Business owner, like business trainer, owner, like, yeah, I like don't know. podcast content. There's yeah. just so much. It's too much. I just go, oh, on. a bit of this, bit of that. Yeah, it's just easier that way. Literally, you're As the same. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. I'm the same. And then sometimes people it's say. It's a clusterfuck. I think sometimes people try and like insult me and be like, are you an influencer? I'm like, I'm actually a fucking scientist. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I I'm know. Like, yes. Because I just don't want to explain yeah. what I do. And also, I don't think it's a bad thing to be an influencer. So if you're no. trying to insult me, yeah. you've just gone and enjoyed yourself. Congratulations. I'm glad I made your day. But like, yeah. I don't, I'm just like, yeah. Like, yeah, I same. Just, uh, yeah, whatever you want to call me. Whatever cool. you want to call me. Yeah, I you can call me that. Fucked. That's fine. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm put under that umbrella too. Like, of yeah, you would be massively. Well, a lot of my income comes from Instagram. So, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, if you want to call me an influencer, you can call me an influencer. Do I'm I influence? Like, I, I guess. Like, I guess. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Did I influence you? I mean, technically, anyone is, a, George Clooney's an influencer. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. influence people. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'm like when it comes to content creating on my feed, I like RIP to the poor brands that work with me and expect yeah. something aesthetically pleasing. Like I actually think if you are an Instagrammer who does aesthetically pleasing feeds, my ha- my hat goes off to you. I don't how do you fucking do know. I don't like, know how, you do how do you do it? But also, I'm my, so I'm, bad. I'm very chaotic. Like that's just going to go up. Like that's oh, just yeah, literally yeah. But the, I think the good thing about it is brands now just expect that from me. They're like, yeah. oh, just get it to talk about the science of it, and I'm like, okay, yeah. good, <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, don't get me filming some beautiful video no it oh it's just, I just hate a laugh I, I i offload always yeah i don't do any task that i don't want to do <laughs> no like legit seriously well ideally like cleaning if, no get a cleaner yeah. like <laughs> editing no get an editor could get, producing no get a producer like it, i just because it, it also really distracts me from what i want to do mm. same thing so if they want the content super beautiful like a brand will say like i will factor that into the budget i'm like okay we'll, we'll get a um i work with videographers or if you want it to be really pristine we will get a photographer. I just honestly, because yep. i got a few photographers and videographers that I work for, work with um, and most of the time I just go get them to do it. Yeah. Because then I show up, do the content leave and then I'm obviously the one that's writing the captions. Yeah, of course. But it's just course. better that way. Unless they're wanting it to be super organic, obviously in lockdown we're doing it all ourselves. Mm. But you, if you want me to do it, expect that it's not going to be like the cream of the crop, which is fine. Sometimes brands want that. Yeah, sometimes brands do want that, 100%. But, yeah, it's definitely – I definitely – yeah, pretty much. Like it's a fucking skill to be skill. someone that does really nice aesthetic content creation. Like I think they make it look so much easier than what it is. But I've tried and I can tell you right now, it's fucked. It's so we'll hard. Just stick to the podcasting. Just, yeah, we'll I know. I to, yeah, but luckily the brands that I have worked with, they're amazing. <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, just be raw. It's fine. It's fine. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because it would just take me a whole 24 hours. Like get me writing an essay about like yeah. literally like synapses in the brain before I have to film an aesthetically pleasing video. Like that would do my head in more but babe that's why you offload that's why you offload i, I will never it's so bad it's but so like, true i don't think I, I could ever work for anyone again like because i've worked myself for, for so long yeah and you're yeah. the same like yeah, i'm totally. unemployable like i would go i honestly go and also like i'm not going to do tasks that i'm not good at yes. what's the point like i will wait i don't like time wasting definitely i like wasting time on my own time <laughs> but like if that's going to take me 24 hours mm. like no just pay that person 300 dollars and yep. get them to edit it and it'll be so much better than me doing it anyway and so much quicker so and much then quicker. your energy is somewhere else if you can pay someone to do something that you can do yep. like if there's something that's irreplaceable that's what you need to be putting all totally. your energy into totally. like and if, if if i look at everything i do and i think what can i not pay someone to do then it, obviously it's special enough that i need to be putting more energy into exactly. because it's unique enough you know exactly but if someone else can do it you should outsource if i, I you also have the think as well like the stuff that we do is very energetically draining so very. for instance like you're in a studio you're recording all day you're talking yeah. like for you you're prepping 
and yeah. like researching for so much of your content mm. that is very draining very. and like I may or, or for instance me like if I do like a workshop or a presentation or something like that like you know as you know like the work that goes into that then also the energy of being on stage the anxiety yeah. or then you know filming something on camera it's like that may have only taken me one hour on stage but like it's also I'm exhausted now so like, the work leading yeah. up and then once it's done when you get off that stage when you're presenting you're when tired you're, doing, you're exhausted you're yeah. just like you're flat yeah and then you probably go celebrate and the next day you're like don't talk to me <laughs> <laughs> no it's true do you yeah. know what your um human design is no so i'm a projector and projectors work i reckon you're probably manifesting generator which is someone who really can work around the clock like has a constant source of energy mm. and for me i always thought i was a manifesting generator i'm not i'm a projector right. and projectors work create creatively but they work in bouts okay and now that i'm uh, listening to my energy more and leaning into more rest, I'm working and being so much more productive and actually producing better work rather than just burning myself out. Yes. So it's really yes, cool for the listeners yes. to check out what their human design is. Human design. To see, it's it's basically your energy rating to see what what like what your energy is and how you work best. Well, it's I'm funny you say to see that. what yours is. Yeah, I am interested as well. It's funny you say that because Tyrone's mum once, like I went over and I literally just was feeling really tired one day and I just crashed on like I just crashed and burned on the couch and then I remember like his Tyrone's mum was like oh my god thank god you're human I thought you never slept you always wake up early you're always and I'm just like I think yeah I think I might put off that energy but I do like I am I genuinely am full of beans a lot of the time but then of course I have my down days like not not mentally down but physically where I'm like like, you know just when we're walking the other day we spoke about our like our sleep Mm. and, and how often how much we sleep i'm a night owl mm. but i'm i'm the same like i like you am a, con- a constant stream of energy yeah like meaning like people are always like oh my god have you had like 18 coffees and i'm like this is just i guess what i'm like yeah like, yeah, I, yeah. And it's you're literally the same. Like, yeah. before my first coffee yeah but i do sleep well as well yeah mm. sleep is key sleep oh, is absolutely key. if i don't sleep well i know i then understand why there are so many people walking around who are just so flat with energy i'm like you are just not sleeping well like you need to have rich good sleep for the right amount of time Sleep is key, number one. And then, of course, you know, eating well and enough and exercising. If you start the day with exercise, you're not more tired. You have more energy. It's like a battery pack. Yeah. Like it's weird. But when you train in the morning, you've just boosted the, the next few hours of energy for the day. Do you do anything in the afternoon when you're starting to feel mentally fried? Yeah, I used to be really good at running, going for like a quick 30-minute run. Um, now what I do is probably more so like I meet up with Liv and go for a walk or something, or I definitely am better at medit like shorter meditations throughout the day. Yeah. Or I'll try and what I've, I've actually, to be honest, exactly what you're saying. I've been very slack on lately, but I'll roll out a mat and do maybe like a ten minute stretch, and that's yes. amazing. Yeah, the stretch I love. Going. Yeah, I looked. Um, I did this seminar the other day on breath work, just a ten minute one. Um, for the entourage group, do you know Jess Losa? Yeah, yeah. And um, I taught um the clients this breath work technique by Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscientist. Oh, I love his podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, love him. Um, the physiological side, mm. and I'm gonna start doing it in the afternoons because. I in the afternoons do get quite tired and my brain sort of starts to switch off and I don't want to be drinking coffee in the afternoon because mm. I, I don't sleep well when I have it in the afternoon and if I have too much of it. So um, this form of breath work is a double inhale, exhale. Right. So it's like double inhale fast through the nose and then slow exhale. 
And you literally do it just like 10 times and it fully gives you energy and restores. It's helps, amazing. Yeah. It it's floods amazing. the body with oxygen. Yeah, totally. It's really And cool. you're getting more like blood supply oxygen yeah. to the brain And it's well. obviously something that's like, you know, internal. So it's not mm. something that you're actually putting in your system to try and give you energy. And at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're drinking bloody Red Bull or wanting sugar in the afternoons, you're always going to have a come down. Whereas you don't have any of that from breath work. From breath work. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. And that's why I say like, if you, if you wake up in the mornings and you're desperate to hit your snooze, stand up and stretch your arms over your head. Take a few big fucking deep breaths. Get out. You are not going to want to get back into the bed. You're already like pumped. Literally. It's so basic. It's, it takes you no time at all, but it's just, it's, it's changing your physical state, yes. you know, and then changing your posture, changing, like yeah. stretching, oxygen, oxygen. And then you're like, I really don't need to climb back into bed right now. Yeah. I'm just going to go wash my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it cha- And it starts the day. Is it, da- is it um, Tony Robbins that says that motion um, motion creates emotion? Yes, yeah. definitely. Motion yeah, he does. creates emotion or motion – yeah, motion Most, creates – Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it does. It, it is state that. changes you. Yeah. He talks about the power stance, standing 100%. strong. 100%. He's always talking about changing your physical state. Yeah. And he says – he does this exercise where he's like – imitate somebody who is anxious or depressed or really shy and shoulders and everybody rolled in, yes, in um, chest down now talk and everyone's quiet yes. and higher pitched and yeah. he goes now Im- just pretend that you're someone who's really confident full of energy not anxious at all just like really calm comfortable listening just pretend to be someone everyone drops their shoulders lifts up their stance lifts up their voice lowers but it projects yeah. further and they're like bigger chest everything but more comfortable not like puffing their chest out but just more yes. relaxed and he's like, how much better do you feel even pretending yeah. to be that? But also, even if you look at like physiologically what's happening with the rib cage and also like your breath, when you are shoulders rolled mm. in or you're in that um, that state of stress, everything's tense, you are literally rolled over and you're contracting. Yeah. You're contracting. Whereas if your shoulders are back and you're opening your chest, you know, you're, you're – your eye level, you're getting in a nice deep breath. Totally. That's expansive. You but feel expansive. And the funny thing is it's it, it works in so many avenues. You feel mm. better. Mm. You start to – you obviously have more energy. Your emotions – like you're not as stressed, you're not as anxious. You start to calm down. And then on top of all of that, when you – approach different people with that stance people treat you differently they do treat you they differently. fucking treat you differently they do they just think oh here's an open person like yes. it's just it's like this open flow of energy yeah. between two people if you've got this closed thing no matter how friendly you are people will just be friendly and leave they're not going to engage for long they're not going to be like fuck this person's magnetic yeah but if you just walk in with this energy people yeah. are like you know sometimes when i go out and have coffee i end up having these conversations with everyone i buy a coffee blah, 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 talking to and people are like how do you fucking have a conversation with yeah. all these people but it's like you just bring the energy and they mirror they I mirror know. back but people do mirror you they do i think the thing is as well like even just looking at body language like you look at someone you can i can you can see straight away like i mm. know straight away if someone's energy's off you know totally. you do the same thing i know straight away if someone doesn't particularly like me or if they're uncomfortable yes you know no eye contact they've got their arms crossed maybe they don't maybe they don't not like me but they're just uncomfortable they're uncomfortable and they'll then, never direct she, their word towards you or be someone no. else yeah and i find body language so fascinating because you, all you have to do is literally look at someone and also if you're relaxed if you're calm if you're facing in their direction if you're giving them eye contact if you're smiling mm. if you compliment them like for that for you and i it just comes naturally because we've probably always been like that mm. but it is very interesting like looking at someone's body language and observing them yeah and it is true like if they literally just change the way 
they stood or if they did some breath work or some meditation before they interacted with people to be a bit more calm they're or more get approachable. out of their head. They're more people approachable. People feel comfortable and opportunities them. come rolling in. Yeah. And it's not that – it's not that like if you were to see someone that's like hunched over or like that, it's not that I wouldn't want to talk to them. I no. just think they don't want to be bothered. That, oh, that's, that's, the, exactly that's the what mentality people have. Yeah. Like that person's not interested. Yeah. But if they're all open and smiling, then I'm like, I'll fucking approach that person. I know. You know, I'll just talk – yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny when you say the mirroring though, it's true. Like even like – I'm talking really fast with you. Like you're yes. a fast talker. I, I'm a fast talker, but you mirror who yes. you, you're around. Like I have, um, I've always been a pretty fast talker, but on the podcast I've interviewed people that talk slow and I've noticed, okay, I need to slow my voice down <laughs> yeah, to match yeah. theirs to make them yes. feel more comfortable. But totally. that's what you have to do. Like 100%. matching people's energies. And it also depends on like, I think as well, I'm an empath. So like I feel a lot of people's emotions as well. Mm. So it's like, especially being an interview, like for both of us, like we're storytellers and we're interviewers. So you want to match that person's energy. You want to make them feel comfortable. We yeah. don't need that much polarity. Literally, you know? yeah, literally mm. 100%. It's mm. so, yeah. And I feel like when I'm around people with high energy, I'm more likely to imitate them as well. Mm. Like if you come at me with all these crazy like arm movement, before I know it, I'm imitating. Yeah. And when I used to work at Red Bull, everybody knew exactly how to imitate me because they're like, oh, I've been hanging Rex around Alexis too long. And they're like waving their arms around like a crazy, yes. like, you know, those Italians. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I would explain everything like that. <sighs> and, yeah, it's because I feel like you're just so up in their grill that they're like, oh, just start imitating you. Like it's it is. It's amazing. Humans are amazing. Yeah. I find human behaviour so fascinating. It's so fascinating just to observe. Mm. I love just observing people in a restaurant like a crazy. We'll be able to people watch yeah. soon. Oh, can't wait. At a restaurant. It's my favourite thing to do is watch people. I love it. I try and guess what they're talking about. Yeah. Or like you'll be out at dinner and you watch a couple and you're like, they look like they're having a shocking time. Yeah. Like, or is it like first date? Tyrone and I do that. Tyrone like first date or 10th date or yeah. like how long yeah. have they been dating? How often do they have sex? Yeah. And I we look at that. We break down their whole relationship and then we analyze the whole just based on looking at them. I do that too. I'm like, she's going to argue with him soon because he's on his fourth beer and he's been here for 10 minutes. She's pissed off at him. Yeah, 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 literally. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, we're going to do that the moment everything Oh, babes, I can't up. wait. We, Welcome. We, we should probably do a drunk podcast. I know, we should. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll do a lit podcast when everything lifts. Oh, I can't wait. I Thank you so much for coming. We could, it's it. been an hour and I could talk for an hour more. Oh, babe, we talked for an hour before this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> probably great we didn't bring the microphones for that chat. <laughs> Oh, my God. But thank you so much. That was fucking amazing. Guys, go check out her podcast, Better For It. What? Sorry, what's the second podcast called? Live Better. Live Better. Go yeah. check them out. Live Better is just a daily one. A daily one. But I post it all on my Instagram. Like, um, yeah, I do swipe ups all the time. Yeah, my perfect. Stories. So jump on her Instagram as well. She's an absolute vibe to follow. Thank you so much. And everyone – Oh, wait, I'll let you say goodbye to everyone. Oh, bye, everyone. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. This was awesome. I loved coming on. And thank you so much for having me. We've done two together, so it's nice to come on the I know, the finally. End. We've been talking about it. I so know. Yeah. We're here. We're we here. The Beans love you. They're going to love this the beans. episode. The Beans. I call my – all my listeners are called The Beans. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my, oh my God, that's hilarious. They're so legendary. And on the Facebook group, this girl's like, hi, I consider myself one of Alexis's beans. And I just, why are the beans? The, I just, it's, I'm always like, hello, my beans. How cute. I, I don't know why, but I, they're it. all my beans. Well, guys, yeah. thank you. I love the beans. <laughs> we love the beans. I, I'm one of the beans now. <laughs> you are one of the beans, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. And everyone, remember, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone. And especially, don't take shit from yourself. Danke.